0: Coming up on this episode of Belief Hole.
1: The cool thing about this concept is it's new, and because it's invisible, there's a lot of theories out there as to what this could be. And I think it's easy to imagine that it's not all one thing. Yeah. You could have just something that's cloaked. It doesn't mean it's all Bigfoot, it's all a alien invasion. There's a
0: ton of invisible beings in our world. Absolutely. A ton, a ton.
1: It looks like a humanoid figure that is kind of translucent. and You can see through it, but there's some kind of field distortion. Another consistent thing with all these experiences is that you can generally make out the outline of the entity. Right. I mean, I think there's a number of things that could explain this and, you know, none of it normal. None of it normal. You can't really talk about the cloaking in the woods without bringing in some of those radical Bigfoot stories. Now you've introduced this dangerous idea of the trans dimensional Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. There are stories like people going into the woods disappearing, but there's blood found on the trees, almost like they've been pushed through, like in some sort of like transient point. Mm-hmm. We cover crazy far out there stuff and this seems like definitely one of those Especially when you attach Glimmer Man to it. Right. And we're talking about cloaking technology. This cloaking seems possible to me though. Exactly. Right. There's several different competing industries right now with different sorts of cloaking techniques. That's just what we know about.
0: That's just what we know about.
1: The point is that there are these giant creatures that he's photographed in our atmosphere hovering around sensitive areas. Military bases, oh, experimental
0: weird. research labs. Where they hang out places you're not supposed to be.
1: Wouldn't you if you're invisible? Like that's where you'd go. Uh, maybe. Wouldn't you go to all the places you couldn't go?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be a military bases though.
1: Well, you're not an amoebic life form that exists transdimensionally, John. You're a strong young male. I know where you'd go.
0: Yeah, you do.
1: <laughs> where would you go? What would you want to find out? I might keep that to myself. No, I want to know. I would definitely go to Bahamian Grove. I'd definitely <laughs> be there every summer.
0: Yeah, some sort of Bilderberg meeting. Bilderberg
1: meeting? That would be fun. <laughs> Free cocktails, and you get to learn about the masterminding of society. Society. <laughs> Conspiracy. Synchronicity. Sasquatch. Homunculus. Alien races. Satanism in Hollywood.
0: MKO. Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. That Close the door, Ian. Jeremy. Close your door! What's the, uh... Inner Earth
1: Disagreements Ghost Dad <laughs> I like that movie Dogman Bohemian Grove Corey Feldman Magicians are Demons Specters and Spirits Sleep a- Strange disappearances
0: Sky whale phenomena. Yes. Alternative history Shadow
1: people Shh, Quiet, I'm trying to say words
0: with my mouth It's getting dicey out there Poltergeists oh, That's cool Anunnaki What is the moon? <laughs> Elf Towers I would never talk about it That's old Y2K
1: Cover-ups Apocalyptic <laughs> Catastrophe Vampire.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Well, hello, hello. How are you in this beautiful fall afternoon? It's beautiful out there.
1: Are you asking me or the audience? Ah, uh, maybe both. Well, I can answer for me. Go ahead. I'm doing okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You forgot your headphones. I did.
1: Thanks for bringing that up right at the beginning. Yeah, we had to delay the recording it's all for all my fault. It's terrible. I feel like there was a gremlin getting back in here. So you listeners out there may yeah, not know, we, we worked we got extra ahead hard. We
0: an episode. Yeah, yeah,
1: we worked extra hard to get ahead for the last episode, so we were able to travel the last couple weeks or week and a half. And uh, yeah, I feel like since we've been back, at least today, there's been a bit of a
0: podcast gremlin. It's just because you don't have your stuff probably organized again yet. Yeah. That's always a weird feeling coming back from a trip and like... The first two days I was back, it was like everything was just all over the place. And I was like, I don't know how to put it back together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how was this before?
0: <laughs> I was so tired. You know, I drove by myself for two days and it was like 21 hours. Yeah, long drive. And then it all hit me after I got back like a day after. It was just like my body hurt. Yeah. and just laid around.
1: We were talking about how it doesn't feel sometimes like it's the same existence.
0: Yeah, right. Because right. you we were visiting a place you lived before too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you yeah, went back weirder. in time. Anytime you take a trip and you come back, it's just like, it's weird because you're in a completely new universe almost.
1: Yeah. I feel like, especially when you're gone, when you're somewhere else for like more
0: than a few days, we were gone right. for like yeah, a couple like weeks, week and a half, two weeks. Then you're there enough time
1: where you're like, did I ever leave Texas? And you forget. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was weird. It was very surreal. It's so, was so much a part of my life and your mm-hmm. guys' is too. Yeah. So, when you're there, you're like, did I,
1: did I ever leave? Is, this- Is that all a dream when I was back yeah. in Ohio with a podcast? <laughs> Is there a me here that exists? What, like, you know, that idea of you where you splinter off? Mm-hmm. It did feel like parallel reality. Yeah. It, well, you know, we had that doppelganger experience, which we won't talk about today. But One we'll day we'll talk about that. I saw a freaking doppelganger of, of, my, of my twin brother in the same room.
0: <music> Dude, I'd had it happen to me once, too. What?
1: I've told you this story before. And you've never said that.
0: You have, yeah. I told you the story like a couple times. Maybe just I didn't. It was weird, dude. It I almost had a oh, heart wait, wait, attack. There, were you at a grocery store? No. You know what a doppelganger is, right? Yeah, it's a duplicate of someone. Yeah, yeah. I had a duplicate of myself. Well, that's
1: bizarre. You yeah. saw in person?
0: Yes. I like. He was so crazy, dude. He was in London, Ontario, when I was going to school, and there was this bar, and it was like the club type thing. And yeah. this guy was like way at the end of the club. And I was me, dude. And I was like, <laughs> what like I was like, am I dead? And My heart was beating really fast. <laughs> no way. Fast. Dude, like you're actually. Yeah, dude, I out. thought I was like having a panic attack. Cause it was like his mannerisms. I got, you know, when I was about 10, 15 feet away, I you know, it wasn't me, obviously. But yeah. for a long like walking up there, I was like, <gasps> doo, 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 doo. That was, You actually were pretty convinced then apparently. I mean, I just I couldn't accept it in my brain because the mannerisms and yeah. everything, the way he was talking, the way he was moving. I was like, "That's me."
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, were you pretty drunk at that point? Or were you? No, huh? No. I mean, it was right when I got there.
1: That's interesting. Did yeah. You take any kind of uh, stimulants to make your heart panic? No, anxiety? it was just
0: <laughs> like I—I th- I thought I was in the twilight zone, or I thought I was dead.
1: There is no twilight zone, you know that, right? That's just a, a TV show. You know, I yes. would—I <laughs> would like to posit this though. What if? What if someone was there to take your place? <laughs> A shapeshifter, perhaps. And then once you were approaching, he shifted just enough so it's you enough. would be like, "Oh, that's not really very interesting." John just hanging out of the club, waiting uh, to sh- shift in. Anyway, well, I guess that's awkwardly really into our topic today. Man. It was your glimmer man. <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all. But no, not really. But yeah, it does. Clones might glimmer before they, you know, become visible. Well, he
0: did. After that, he disappeared and turned into like dust. <laughs> I Somehow I disbelieved that last part of the story. <laughs> that was the weird part. Yeah. You know, it was weird enough looking like me, but the disappearance Right, part, that
1: would be a little more bizarre. Yeah. And the dust part. That's... Poof, I got all over myself. Big part of the story. Should have led with that. So just for you guys know, this uh, episode is going to focus on the Glimmer Man phenomena.
0: Um, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't even have heard about this.
1: Right. Well, if you Google Glimmerman, you're most mostly going to get the smash hit Glimmerman with Steven Seagal from 1996. Smash it's a little hit. hard to do research on it. Yeah. Really? We had to dig to get really good stuff. Co-starring Keenan Ivory Wayne's, which if you haven't seen recently, please, it's worth a revisit. <laughs> it was one it's one of not. the worst movies of all time. It is Did you watch some so of it? So amazingly bad. I just watched some clips just to get some like <laughs> reference, you know? And there's this one scene at the end, it's like the final fight scene and Steven Seagal is like, I, I can't even describe it, but the way he is hitting these guys, he's like literally doing this. Like, his like hands are just kind of—it's like how, yeah, but barely moving his hands away from his body, and the other guy's just like, oh, 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 oh. it's just—it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's great '90s action subpar movie. He was a good fighter though, I guess, but he was ter- like, just the way it was shot was so bad. Yeah, I'm sure, and the jokes are awful, but it's—it's it's fun to watch. He's—he was a good fighter. He was, and I like the Wayne's Bros.
0: I'll tell you oh what, yeah, I'm gonna flip you over. He has
1: this smile where he's like so. He's one of those guys that like is acting way cooler than he really is. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's always been that way. Yeah, but he has that. You know, I guess it's kind of awesome to be like that. Kind of just like I'm awesome, even if you're not.
0: I think he for a, like an aside time, like he actually he goes out. and, and Oh yeah, I think he. I, I have heard that a lot. Like he's actually a really good yeah. martial artist. And, yeah, and he he goes out and like hunts bad guys. And oh, he, for he real. had that
1: show where he was he a cop. the cops.
0: Yeah, but yeah. he did that before.
1: I mean, like he was a it was a reality TV show.
0: Yeah, but yeah. he had been doing that for a long time. Well, like and as a vigilante.
1: Just, yes, dude. There needs to be a movie about that, like <laughs> Steven Seagal, like biopic where that's like it's the hidden life. Anyway, Glimmer Man, which by the way, not in love with that name. Uh-huh. Sounds like uh, I mean, I get it. This happens all the time with this kind of stuff. You know, like Lizard Man. It's like it's an easy thing to throw.
0: Sounds like a comic book movie by Marvel.
1: Right. Well, apparently it's a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like. It should have a different name, but this is how these things go—like Lizard Man, Frog Man, Goat Man. It's an easy thing to throw on there. But all, the weird thing about it is, Glimmer. You think of like um, Glitzy. I don't think of. I think if anything, you're going to name it with a man after it. Should be like Shimmer Man. Well, I was saying that too. But if you think about the Steven Seagal film, it wasn't because he was, you know, wearing a lot of bling and was That's glitzy. True. He glimmered because he was so fast with his hands. That's his fists. So makes sense. No more
0: bringing up the Steven Seagal movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give us a description. Okay, so yeah, if you don't like the name, there's other ways to describe this thing. And There's not kind of a, I think it's kind of a, a newer phenomenon as far as it coming into the mainstream, that there are several different ways to search this term. And if you want to look for some stories, and we're going to go through some today, some pretty interesting stories, you can search predator-like entity. Because that's one of the major things that people say when they see this thing is, like I saw Predator later and I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I saw. Because it has that shimmery kind of translucent just mm-hmm. dis- field distortion like, look like to it's it. like it's
0: cloaked. Like it's cloaked, exactly. exactly. That's
1: another thing. Uh, cloaked entities is another one. Uh Actually, I had a whole list of them. Will you make the Predator sound? Oh. Wait, that's pretty close. Oh, that's pretty
0: good. That's pretty good.
1: I, I did it better than that one episode. That we did. Oh, and this came up Missing 4 and one when we did that episode yeah. because I think that kickstarted this whole thing was Missing 4 and one You remember that episode, John, with the hunter mm-hmm. in the tree? I don't know if you're going to touch like on that the story. grassy plane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that for sure. The cool thing about this concept is it's new and because it's invisible, there's a lot of theories out there as to what this could be. And I, I think it's easy to imagine that it's not all one thing. Like I think you could have just something yeah. that's cloaked it doesn't mean it's all Bigfoot it's feeling. all uh, what, you know alien invasion there's a
0: ton of invisible beings in our world
1: absolutely a ton ITEs man invisible terrestrial entities yes and this, com- this is going to come in later this is fascinating there's actually been um, recent it's controversial obviously uh, but recent technological development with using different kinds of lenses through telescopes to pick up invisible terrestrial entities on this planet hmm. what
0: There's like we'll we'll get to to it. it, it. Who's doing this?
1: An Italian physicist. Well, it's it's his research firm. Yes,
0: (laughs) yes, it is. But he headed it, Uh, so they can see invisible things. This is
1: literally the last thing on my notes, but I could just jump to it right now. On page ten, I found this when searching for invisible entities, and was really surprised to find in the American Journal of Modern Physics. In 2016, a paper was published called Apparent Detection via New Telescopes with Concave Lenses of Otherwise Invisible Terrestrial Entities.
0: Otherwise invisible?
1: Yeah. In other words, we can't see them except using this kind of lens. So
0: are they new species that we've never heard of?
1: Yeah. We've never seen them before. They're basically... It, it, it seems it, like this would be a
0: bigger story if it was real. Well, this
1: goes back to... This is from 2016. And, you know, it's controversial, obviously. But when we did our episode on sky creatures, remember mm-hmm. that? That's... Exactly what this is describing. It sounds like to me. From the images I've seen, they're not like a specific kind of shape. They're more amorphous. Like they can be in different kind of um, configurations, but they're massive too. And I think they've seen them in space, but definitely over. um, Like one of the one of the points in the article is about their concern for discovering these things hovering or um, snooping. They're doing snooping snooping around, around like sensitive areas in the United States. Mm-hmm. Or I guess other places around the world because that that's an military Italian bases, oh, experimental uh, research labs, that sort of Where they
0: hang out, it's by places you're not supposed to be.
1: Wouldn't you if you're invisible? Like that's where you'd go. I uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you go to all the places you you couldn't go?
0: Yeah. That wouldn't maybe be that. a military bases, though. <laughs> that's true.
1: Well, you're not an amoebic you, life form <laughs> that exists transdimensionally, John.
0: You're not a skywill, you're John. a
1: strong young male. So I know where you'd
0: go. Yeah, you do. <laughs>
1: I do. <laughs> Anyways, I might play a clip from them later. Santilli is his name. He developed this telescope and initially it was to discover antimatter in the solar system or in the galaxy, deep space, essentially. Uh, but he said just like uh, Galileo's telescope was intended to look into deep space, it was applied to terrestrial use as right. far as like looking at things in our atmosphere or, or things, across the land. Right. Yeah. And he said it, just like that or similar in, the, in that case, use case, uh, his telescope ended up being useful for that when he pointed it in our atmosphere. And he started discovering these objects that are like, you know, either expelling what he calls dark matter or not not dark matter, because it would that would cause uh massive or explosions. dark energy, right? Light. Dark matter, light. It's it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah but the, the point is that there are these giant creatures that he's photographed in our atmosphere and he's yeah he's a former MIT Harvard grad he's done I mean he's done a lot of work with his company and his I mean his telescope but we'll play a clip from him later it's really interesting and we'll have the stuff in the show notes yeah it's controversial for sure we'll see where we get into it it doesn't quite apply to the beginning of the stuff which is the Glimmerman concept right right. right. we want to get into the spooky with Halloween so we're going to talk about the, the things that might be existing around you at all times the invisible entities the humanoid entities what are they doing there where do they come from unknown motives um And it's kind of a new phenomenon, so we thought it'd be fun to look into it.
0: Look into it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and not really new phenomenon, but new um newly discussed. And there's been reports it's of this coming more, more like it's become extreme. a category. It's become recognized as oh, there's a pattern here with these, right. these sorts of things. Well, let's talk about some of the descriptors. Yeah, let's, so let's get into it. Yeah. So some of the ways to describe this thing are, like we said, it has that kind of if you've seen the film Predator, it has that look where generally people that experience this, it looks like a humanoid type figure, usually. That is kind of translucent and you can see through it, but there's some kind of field distortion where you know you're seeing something that's kind of obstructing it. And another consistent thing with all these experiences is that you can generally make out the outline right. of the entity, whether that's where it's uh, wrapping around the figure, this kind of field distortion, whatever it is, um, there's this kind of outline that exists. That you can, like Predator. That's, like predator, and so but it's very slight, like you'd mm-hmm. have to be focused on it to see it. And we'll hear that in some of these stories yeah. coming up
0: almost like the look of gas when you see yes. it on the yes. heat. Yes, someone
1: def- describes it like that, but they say that it's not like gas because gas ebbs and flows. The only difference is it's similar to gas, like heat waves, except there's that defined structure, that right. outline of the human yeah. shape. So, terms like that are used a lot, terms like cellophane, <laughs> terms like plastic wrap, mm. ter- those sorts of things, you know. You so you can kind of imagine. What that's like, and the weird thing is, a lot of these things are seen, oddly seen, you know, with the structure around uh, in trees, tops of trees. That's like mm. one of the common places, yeah. Which is weird, weird, not ladies' in locker rooms, yeah, um, not shame. shame. Other interesting, <laughs> other, in- other interesting attribute is uh, the the clicking. Yeah, that's one of the things that made me initially like. I mean, the, the reports were this clicking. At first, I would, you know, think like, well, this is obviously, you know, someone's saw a Predator. I mean, what are the chances it's going to be? A semi-transparent being that's in the woods and it's clicking, making a clicking right, noise. climbing trees. But some of these clicking reports come from uh, well before the film was released. Now, that's interesting. Was the film inspired by I these stories? I tried to look into that, but uh, all I could find were things about the inspiration of the design of Predator. I, I kind of doubt it because those stories would have been so rare back then, to be inspired yeah. by these stories and then make the film. It could but, be one of those consciousness things where you just, you absorb... You know the information that that's just out there in the ether. Like there is this thing that exists. You imagine this because it is real somewhere. But I think it's really just slowly seeding us with information about the reality of invisible alien entities. Probably the most likely thing. But do you remember the movie Signs (laughs) with Shahmalamalan? Yes. Shahmalamalan. In that they had cloaking right the, it, especially the scene towards the end mm-hmm. and the sound that they would make its it was true. like a clicking it was that's like a true. predator kind of sound but they didn't look anything like the predator Yeah, but they had those two attributes Incredible so I movie. think it's its uh, slow disclosure I think that's a reach
0: I don't <laughs> think they're aliens but Probably I, th- what it is. I think that they're here they've been here the entire time I think they're from
1: lost tribes from ancient man I like that idea Well, before we uh, go more into the theories of explaining what these things might be, should we get into some of the accounts? Let's have a story. Yay! So this first story, Chris, you've selected this, have you not? Yeah, um, yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. So this is one story you will come across I feel like it it would be good to do because this has been one of the most popular stories when it comes to sort of an invisible entity. And I find her storytelling pretty credible. This comes from 10 Sands Shoes on Reddit. Reddit, okay. Basically like the lead up to this is she's looking for something to explain. explain what she had experienced and came across this Reddit thread. Right. And then felt like she needed to reach out to the Right. Know, see That's an important else... point. A lot of these stories, you know, they're not like, Hey guys, I got a Glimmer Man story. Right. They're like, hey, then they post in some random thread of like uh, unexplained phenomena like, hey, I experienced this. I was just wondering if anyone else has experienced this. And it'll, it'll describe this kind of Glimmer Man or, you know, translucent creature. And someone will be like, oh, uh, yeah, post that in the, uh, that goes in the Glimmer Man. Right. And, but I so. think I think this is important to do because, yes, it is on Reddit, but it ties into stories we're going to do later on that are resourced with real researchers, with, you know, Names, a book I'm holding dates, in my hand, right. a magazine I have here with them. Um, so it ties right into that, which I think gives it more validity. And I think it's an important one to do. Right. And they have the elements of consistency that make them these stories. Okay, go ahead.
0: When I was about five years old, I was playing by the edge of the woods behind my grandmother's house. I played there often, and my grandma just kept an eye on me from the kitchen or living room because the house had huge windows that faced the woods. She would come out every once in a while just to see what I was up to. I was obsessed with digging in the dirt and collecting unusual rocks and arrowheads that littered the land where my grandmother lived. This is Midwest Illinois, not too far from Cahokia Mounds, so finding arrowheads was actually not that uncommon. Anyway, that day I remember picking out a spot to dig. I had been out there for quite a while because I remember I had a pretty decent sized hole going when something caught my eye up in the tree that I was next to. I almost don't know how to explain it, but it looked like almost a heat wave coming off the branch of the tree. It was fall. I remember this because I had my pink jacket on and remember thinking that my mom was going to be pissed because I had dirt around the bottom of the arms from digging. I also remember there being a lot of leaves on the ground. Anyway, I'm staring at this heat wave and realize it has a human shape. So here I am, five years old, and wondering why there is an invisible man in the tree. I remember feeling scared but unsure of what to do. Then it started moving and making a faint clicking sound. There it is again. This is about the time that I decided that I was not supposed to be seeing this. And I hightailed it back to the house. My grandmother saw I was pretty shaken. And I remember telling her that I had just seen an angel. In my five-year-old mind, I didn't know what else it could be. I had never heard of aliens or ghosts or monsters. So to me, it had to be an angel because that's all my little mind could think of.
1: I think that little... Nugget there definitely makes it more credible, and at least in my mind. It sounds like a recollection of a child because the whole, you know, labeling it as an angel. Because mm-hmm. there was no other sort of relationship she could grab onto as far as what sort of thing that yeah, could be. Yeah, that sort age, of being. you grew up in a Christian or religious household where there are angels uh, talked about. That's what you're going to call it. And parents probably aren't talking to you about ghosts well, I guess they would. I mean, you know, maybe, but in well, a you, fun way, but like a white sheet, not like invisible thing that can, you know, right. grab you. If you are in Iceland, you might think it was a elf. Right. You know? a hidden folk or something. Yeah. Um, but then again, this is kind of interesting. Years later in 2004, now at this point, she has three kids and she's living out on the edges of this wilderness area in the same town and she's just kind of getting settled into this new place when she has another encounter years later.
0: One night I was up late doing laundry after the kids went to bed. I decided to take a smoke break before I went to sleep. I am back there on the porch and I started hearing this faint clicking sound. I immediately looked to the ditch because I had seen a groundhog out there a few days before and thought perhaps he was out there again. The yard was faintly lit from the outside light by the playground that is to the right of my back porch. I didn't turn on my porch light. I didn't normally i was just going out for a quick smoke i didn't see any groundhog or movement from the ditch so i go back to smoking my cigarette the faint clicking sound keeps happening and a slight shift of movement makes me look up into the tree to the left of my porch it's there the same invisible thing i had seen when i was five it is like a distortion and in a humanoid shape It is crouched down on the branch, with an arm out holding onto the trunk of the tree. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this happening? Has it come to kill because I saw it all those years ago? All I could think about was my kids in the apartment sleeping. I ran in and slammed and locked the door. I ran to the kids' rooms and made sure all the windows were locked. Then I just turned out the lights in the living room and stared through the blinds at the tree to see if I could catch another glimpse of it. I sat there for about a good 10 minutes and couldn't see anything. I began to think that I was just tired and my mind was playing tricks on me. Just as I was finally talking myself down, my neighbor's dog comes running across the yard and starts barking at the tree at the same branch that i had seen this thing. This dog had never barked at anything. The barking went on for a few minutes until I heard the neighbor lady call her dog back inside. The dog reluctantly turned to go back home stopping every few feet to look at the branch of the tree until he was out of my sight. I didn't sleep that night and have never seen anything like it again.
1: Yeah, the whole thing about it crouching down and seeming to be looking at the oh, person, yeah, yeah. like it's been caught red-handed. Like there's a lot of that aspect so much, in these stories. So much when it's seen... uh so go- It seems like the point of these things, maybe if it is a cloaking technology or whatever it is, if it's human or entity, it seems like the point is to observe because so often when they look at the thing, they realize it's observing them. It's frozen. It's trying not to be seen. And then it like rushes out. That's kind of a similar kind of theme.
0: Thinking about it more, like we've covered this phenomenon quite a few times on the show, like randomly.
1: Not thinking it was a kind of a common phenomenon. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's a lot of stories that we've done where it kind of has this... You know, even including the Duncan's story. Was exactly.
1: Yeah, Justin had that story. What episode was that on? Was that um,
0: that was a bit more terrifying? Granted.
1: Yeah, that was a Halloween episode from last year. We'll we'll link oh, it in yeah. the show notes. Maybe yeah. we'll
0: drop a clip from it. But. but
1: and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this one. And then because you're exactly right. Like that story <laughs> ties right into what I'm going to be getting into later. And I know everybody listening out there, I know this is, but we cover crazy far out there stuff and this seems like definitely one of those. Especially when you attach Glimmer Man to it. Right, that name onto it. And we're talking about cloaking technology. There's a lot of... Cloaking seems possible to me. Well, and that's the thing. We're going to get to this. We're going to talk a little bit about we are on the brink and the yeah. already happening. That's just
0: what we know about. Exactly. Right. And
1: not just not just in one way are we on the brink. There's several different competing industries right yeah. now, companies with different sorts of cloaking techniques. Right. It
0: seems very possible at this point.
1: Uh, there's one actually, and I'll play a video clip for you, John, at least at some point. There's uh, a clip of one specific technology that looks identical to what's being described here. Right now, it's not something you can wear, but it is set somewhere and anything you put behind it, it's almost like the cellophane sort of, you know, but it's technology that allows you to bend light around an object. Mm-hmm. So to the human eye, it's virtually invisible.
0: But the weird thing is about this story though, it's like, if it is cloaking technology, um, it seems like, you know, there's nothing going on there and just a neighborhood. Like what? Are- I think right.
1: that, I mean, to my mind, this would be like, would you know where this was? I've grabbed a few different reports um, from different places and a lot of these seem do seem to congregate in different areas like Washington is a big area. Mm-hmm. Washington State and I don't know if there's uh, military involvement here if there are military bases nearby some of these locations but I definitely think that a lot of these could be explained as deep secret technology the military or special forces or even like covert groups are using and testing out. I remember a story, John, you and I, I swear we heard this on Project Camelot like a decade ago about this like invisible thing seen in the desert that had like glowing red eyes and the person thought that it was an invisible super soldier or something mm. that was testing out, you know, field yeah. activities in the desert. But I mean, I guess, if you, it, that it's, that it's not that sense. far of a stretch if you think like the, there's black projects out there that are decades more advanced in certain areas and in industry than the regular right. uh, person gets to enjoy, the regular civilian, then it's, to me, it's not at all far out of the realms possibility that since right now we are publicly on the verge. Exactly. Way beyond. And it. as far as like, why be there? Why be in these sort of mundane residential areas? It looks testing. I mean, it's a perfect I, place to do it. I also like the concept, and I've heard this come up in different places, from some high-up people, the idea that it might be that there are things that are around us all the time in regular places for who knows what purposes, but surrounding us all the time. And it kind of reminds me of that Are You Afraid of the Dark episode I think we talked about it at the beginning of this show. Right. But uh, let me read a quick quote here from uh, 40 and Times. It's really short. And this synchronistically came when we got back from Texas. And I was like, I wonder if there's something in here that relates. And immediately I find invisible aliens.
0: Mm.
1: So this is from the August edition of Fortean Times. Dr. Helen Sharman, the first British astronaut in space, insists that extraterrestrials not only exist, but may be living among us. Quote, There are so many billions of stars out there that there must be all sorts of forms of life, said the chemist, now 56, who in 1991 spent eight days at the Mir space station. She warned that aliens may be so different from us that we wouldn't recognize them. Quote, Will they be like you and me, made up of carbon and nitrogen? Maybe not. It's possible they're here right now and we can't see them, she said. Yeah, I don't, I mean, personally, my feeling is that there's no reason to think that what people are witnessing are extraterrestrial. Even the ones yeah. that the that the that um, those large amoebic type things living in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. there's no reason to suggest right. that these are extraterrestrial. They're just invisible to us, but they've been here all along. Yeah, that's definitely possible too. And
0: that's the truth. But you, you think they're organic? Yeah. I mean, I do. I think that the... Like creatures and not like, you know, technology. technology.
1: I mean, I think that technology can be used. I think some of these creatures we see, like I've read some interesting research and I'd like to do Skywheels or Sky Creatures episode two at some point.
0: Uh, That's Uh, maybe a
1: little too much. (laughs) (laughs) That's maybe a little too much. But the the cloaking technology, there's plasma cloaking technology that they're working on. And from early research into these kind of the living sky stuff with these amoebic-like entities is that they are plasma-based. Same stuff that the stars are made out of, you know, that kind of idea, this plasmic energy. I personally believe that there are Two different things we're talking about here. These amoebic-like life forms that we're witnessing with this new telescope that we'll be discussing later. Right, not the Glimmerman stuff. And then the Glimmerman stuff is a humanoid technology. Could be using a similar kind of function or technology, uh, but it's humanoid, I think. I mean, we'll get into more stories that that explain different things, but this stuff goes back. I mean, the idea of invisibility, invisibility technology has been around since uh, ancient Greece, which I'm going to touch on really briefly. Yeah, and when we come back, I would like to get into... Another theory, which is I think just as possible, or at least it relates interestingly to John's favorite topic, the Bigfoot phenomenon. There's some oh, fascinating oh, accounts the in here. It's kind of scary. It's pretty spooky. Well, this this is These an interesting eyes. book. This is a uh, where the footprints end. High strangeness and the Bigfoot phenomenon, Volume One: Folklore. But it is in depth, really well done, really well researched by Joshua Cutchin and Timothy Renner. But basically, an the, encyclopedia of accounts, right? Right, and also it ties in folklore. It also ties in. Um, it focuses, theory. It focuses on the, the kind of inexplicable right. sightings. And so I figured when we were doing this episode, I was like, you know, I have this book, I there there has to be a section on cloaking. Because I've heard accounts of Bigfoot seemingly disappearing in a moment's notice, and of course there was. So when we get back, we are going to cover some interesting things. It's going to tie sort of all this stuff together and I think it may persuade some people that there is a connection with the Bigfoot phenomenon, and also Missing 411. In a chapter called Invisibility Disappearing and Cloaking. It's all connected, but yeah. Bigfoot were created by the United States government anyway. That's true. Secret military force. (laughs) And by the Sumerians, so time travel's involved. Anyways, we'll see you guys after the break. All right.
0: Hey guys, before we play this week's expansion preview, I just want to say thanks to all of our current patrons. We put our hearts and soul into these episodes, and we are funded pretty much only by you guys right now. As you can probably tell, we don't have any ads or anything. So without you guys, the whole would cease to exist. So anyone that loves this show, now would be an awesome time to head over to beliefhole.com, click the Patreon button, and become a member to receive an extra episode every time we release a show. And I want to give a special thanks to our patrons that go above and beyond to help keep this show going. So a special thanks to Rick Abney, Brandon Watkins, Nicole Desiree, Patrick Hubach, Weston McCain, Emily McKinn, Kenneth Higgins, DJ Benson, Zach and Deanna Daniel, Jeffrey Nord, and last but certainly not least, our good friend Alfonso Delgado. And on this week's expansion episode, we covered the ghosts of New Orleans, Cajun creatures, and the curse of Nicholas Cage. It was a super fun episode. And now here is the preview.
1: Access granted, 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 granted. The last creature that I'm gonna talk about that is specific to this Cajun country, to the Bayou, living in the same neighborhood as the Rougarou is the Palangua. Alligator guy? Yes, he's a half-man, half-alligator swamp boogeyman. Now, there are some origin stories. This, this is from Wikipedia. So they're trying to explain the lore of the alligator man? They're trying to explain how, how he was made. From Wikipedia? I guess. Yeah, this what? is what I found. Multiple stories of the creation of the Parlangua. John, you want to read number one here?
0: It begins with a young couple during the 1960s. They drove off a bridge on a foggy night trapped in their car they were attacked by alligators one of the alligators was about to lay eggs hatched a monster was born instead (laughs)
1: what i don't know how that works i guess they ate the lady and it went her dna went into the alligator the man got excited and fertilized the eggs that was possible yeah fear boner okay totally possible next john
0: the beginning relates to chemicals being dropped into the Red River that drained and pulled around an alligator's nest of eggs, like Ninja Turtles. Just like that. The chemicals mutagen. The chemicals... <laughs> Thanks
1: for the clarification. Nice.
0: The chemicals were from a human egg harvesting clinic. This combination gave birth to the monster. I love... Where? Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm? <laughs> Different mutagen. They're just saying words. It's fun to say. I
1: feel like where are these coming from? I don't know what these are listed in Wikipedia. As these possible are all like the beginning of science
0: fiction They're stories. They're like comic book origin yeah. stories. Yeah,
1: they make less sense. Where did these come from? Is Wikipedia? Yeah, I don't know where they got them from. I love them. They're great.
0: I made a funny <laughs> Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> Classic scene. I made a funny.
1: That was really good. I actually sounded. I wasn't looking at you. It sounded just like Splinter. <laughs> it
0: was perfect. <laughs> it is you, Donatello. Hello, good friends. We're back. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on round two. (laughs) Part two. The Glimmer Man.
1: Of the Glimmer Man, translucent entities, and, um, you know, stuff. Other invisible phenomenon. Predator-like creatures. Secret technology clicking. ASMR. ASMR. (laughs) Predator, the ASMR of the alien world. What's next on the docket? Ooh, I can go. It's real quick. Are you doing your ancient Greece thing? Yeah. So all right, all right. What? It's I know. <laughs> John's like history. Don't use keywords that sound boring to John. Yeah. what? You're Greek. This, <laughs> this is just really quick. <laughs> Greek. Who's that? But a man. So Plato was a man. Uh, he wrote a book called The Republic, and I won't bore you, John, with all the thank you important historical notes and uh, implications on human morality. But in this book. Plato's older brother discusses a uh, a legend, I guess you could call it, and this goes back to the argument of like you know some of the things that were referenced Plato when he talked about Atlantis. Was that that was Plato or Socrates? Yeah. Plato, right? Mm-hmm. Socrates. Yeah,
0: Socrates. <laughs> Socrates. Like I think of soccer shirts.
1: You've heard that name before, right? You've heard that word, Socrates. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> From Keanu out. Reeves and Bill and Ted's. That's like what I was thinking
1: reading. too. The Socrates dude. That's where I learned about him. That's where I got all my history. Anyways, Plato, his older brothers, Plato, obviously a philosopher from ancient Greece, his older brother describes in book two of Plato's Republic, like I said, a legend, but this goes back to that idea that like some of these things that were understood at the time that we we take now as allegory, like obviously it's used in the story as allegory. Like you mentioned earlier, what would you do if you were, could be invisible? Right. You know, where would you go? Well, that's, it was used in uh, the Republic to ask that question of humanity, to explore the ideas of justice. Would you be a just person if you could be invisible? Would you there truly no measure consequences. up? Exactly. So it's this, it's this classic idea. Where would you go? Where would I go? Yeah. Um, Look, what would you want to find out? I'm going to keep that to myself. So that when I when I do find no, a ring of invisibility, you won't know where to find me. I'll be hiding. I'd probably
0: go do something political and find out Actually, some secret be, information. Yeah,
1: dude, I would definitely go to Bahamian Grove. I'd definitely be there every summer.
0: or the, Yeah, some sort of Bilderberg meeting. Bilderberg meetings. To, that would be
1: fun. I used to have ideas of how I would fun. break in. <laughs> Free cocktails, and you get to learn about the masterminding of society. Yeah. I heard that at the Bilderberg meeting, uh, you can't look them in the eye. Who? Yeah, as a like server. A wait, wait staff? Yeah. Oh, you can, yeah.
0: There have been people that have worked. I think I have heard that. Yeah,
1: during those meetings. If
0: you guys don't know about the Bilderberg, Google it. I'm surprised we didn't talk about it during the Secret societies. I one. know the
1: CFR. We kinda of jumped. I
0: mean, there's a lot out there
1: on uh, different societies. We kinda of jumped over it. Trilateral Commission. There's a ton of those groups. A lot of those come out of each other.
0: Right. Yeah. Like the CFR. I'm sure they're the same people. They just had different meetings. Right. Yeah, different. I mean, it's factions, you know. We know we know the full truth. We, we do. I'm surprised we haven't been invited to a meeting yet.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you? We got an email this morning. <laughs> we're, gonna,
0: we're gonna need you to direct the show in a certain Way. Well, you know, actually,
1: speaking of invisible entities, I was thinking about this last night, listening to some of these sounding like, um, I don't know, military type stuff. Sometimes when you're researching really late, you can freak yourself out about stuff. And I had some weird stuff, I won't go into it, happen, just hearing noises, things oh, yeah. being moved yeah, yeah. Uh, in our apartment. And last night, especially, this was happening. And just like a sound, like, what was that sound? Oh, it's, and then we recreate it by lifting up a piece of driftwood and setting like it down. the camel, the wooden camel? Or the wooden camel figurine. Like, how did that move? I didn't see it move, but anyways, we hear these things. So anyways, I'm trying to go to bed. It's like four in the morning and I'm seeing like glimmer. I'm seeing this kind of swishy, translucent, almost like when you, if you've ever tried DMT or something where things become like kind of shape and wavy. I was seeing this, and I was like, okay, this is my eyes, I'm just tired, obviously. Uh, and then just like, his clicking sound what? in my bed. I swear to God. What are you talking about? Last night, <laughs> after researching, before going we to bed. You're, you think you're just manifesting this because you've been researching? No, yeah, it, it was a plastic I? water bottle in my bed that I had. Oh, that'll do it. But I didn't touch it. The Glimmer Man touched it, or something <laughs> Something might have touched it. The Glimmer Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's Anyways, thirsty. I kept seeing things. Eventually, I just got myself to go to sleep because I'm really brave and I wasn't too scared. But
0: um, um, with your brother next to you in your bunk beds.
1: He was below me. Oh, Thank you. We don't have a lot of space there, John. I know. It's small. I've seen it. It's a temporary situation. Tem- anyway. Temporary forever. <laughs> temporary forever. <laughs> That's our new twin like uh, convenience temporary story. Temporary forever. <laughs> so like, all things twins need. Temporary forever. I love it. Okay. Anyways, uh, speaking of Plato's Republic, perfect tie-in, John. Thank you. Brings me right back. So I'll read this brief bit. This is this legend. And the idea that like some of these legends weren't just legends. I, I like that idea. The, you know, they point out that uh, this story, Hippocr- Hippocrates, Hippocrates, what was the guy? Chris Pat keeps calling you this because you're the father of lies, father of history, father of lies. Yeah, yeah. ancient Greece, um, Herodotus. Herodotus, yeah. So on our trip down, Chris, Chris likes to make up things a lot, and I do. Pat used to be very gullible, so Pat just refers to Chris as Herodotus now because Herodotus was like the father of history, but also the father of lies. He had a lot of exaggeration, allegedly, in his historical accounts. But we do get the dog man from him. Sincephalai, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Anyways, so to my point, this story could have some basis in reality. We know that this this king existed in this story. Uh, did the ring of invisibility exist? Is the question? Tolkien. This is going to sound very familiar. According to the tradition, Gyges was a shepherd in the service of the king of Lydia. There was a great storm and an earthquake made an opening in the earth at the place where he was feeding his flock. Amazed at the sight, he descended into the opening, where among other marvels he beheld a hollow brazen horse, having doors, at which stooping and looking in saw a dead body of stature as appeared to him more than human, and having nothing on but a gold ring. This he took from the finger of the dead and reascended from the tomb. Now the shepherds met together, according to custom, that they might send their monthly report about the flocks to the king. Into their assembly he came having the ring on his finger, and as he was sitting among them he chanced to turn the collet of the ring inside his hand. Now the collet is where you would put a diamond or a gemstone, that kind of idea. Oh, like the inset. Uh-huh. Or if there's like an emblem, kind of a flat panel, that's the collet. So he turns it inside at this point. He chanced to turn the collet of the ring inside his hand when instantly he became invisible to the rest of the company, and they began to speak of him as if he were no longer present. He was astonished at this, and again touching the ring he turned the collet outwards and reappeared. He made several trials of the ring, and always with the same result. When he turned the collet inwards he became invisible, when outwards he reappeared, whereupon he contrived to be chosen one of the messengers who were sent to the court where as soon as he arrived, he seduced the queen and with her help conspired against the king and slew him and took the kingdom. So that's the story of uh, the king of Giygas, how he became, or Jigis, Jigis, however you say it. I like that story. Yeah, but obviously this is where Tolkien gets his ring, right? Um, One of the interesting things that stood out to me in the story is I came across a lot of these invisible entity stories. I know this is a big stretch. I'm not saying (laughs) that they're all wearing these ancient, you know, Grecian (laughs) rings of magic, but... uh, I, it reminds me of the scene in um, Alien when they find the uh, progenitor. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Is, is that the name of The big alien. I don't remember. The dead corpse. You know what I'm talking about? In the ship. Doesn't sound like any radio signal I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not progenitor. Uh, they, they have a name. I can't think of oh, it. Right it's now. killing me. Someone's going to write and hate me for it. Anyways, uh, when they find him, and remember, the, and he's like this giant creature. Like in this ship. yeah. What's interesting about the story is, yeah, this large size. I've come across a lot of these stories about these invisibilities that are like anywhere between 7 to 10 feet tall. Like the story we had from Justin. Uh, that the space jockey, by the way. Space jockey. Yeah, that was what it was called in there. Right. Um, but in Prometheus, they had another right. name. Anyways this idea that they are these large entities. It just, it's, that struck with me when I read this story. Yeah, because it's the shepherd boy. Body of stature. Yeah, he, he, he opens the doors to this bronze horse, and inside is this, other descriptions uh, rewrite it as saying, he found a corpse with this gold ring, uh, and the corpse was larger than that of a man. Well, what's larger than a man? A giant? A mm-hmm. non-man? A Bigfoot? A yep. bigfoot? Predator, invisible entity. Who knows? But it's just interesting. It's, it points to something non-human, and we have all these stories of like red-haired giants, you know, in the Southwest. And I've heard stories about uh, some of the native cultures' invisible entities uh, in, the, in the same areas. It's interesting how all this stuff ties in together. And it's not a direct connection, but it's. I think it's interesting to point out this idea of invisibility that's been around for so long, and that kind of weird connection with the, the magic of these giant, larger entities. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too because. Obviously, the idea is that this is a an allegory, a thought experiment to talk about the justice of humankind and what people will do when they're anonymous, mm-hmm. you know, and that morality. But, you know, like Plato's Atlantis, uh, there are a growing number of factions of folk who think that that is not an allegory and that there is legitimate historical evidence to show right. that there was an advanced civilization. You know, look at Graham Hancock's work. We've touched on that in advanced Civilization episode, right, and, some kind of advanced source civilization. That, that's why we see pyramids in all these other countries. Again, I doubt it's a ancient Grecian bigfoot wearing a, a magical ring that's running around. And oh, like uh, Enkidu that the Sumerians created right. through DNA technology. But, it's, I, I, but thank you. I like that tie-in. I like the little bit I of that. I think. I mean, I think it's interesting. And yeah, like I said, like you know, it's allegory, but we use we can use real stories for allegory at the same time, mm-hmm. metaphor. You that's know, true. you take an example of Gaia's ring. You can use these stories, and it doesn't mean that they're completely false. Right. You know especially when there are different references from their history. but I'm not arguing that that's the case. It's just I just thought it was an interesting kind of connection. Um, yeah, I like that. That was colorful. Should we read another story? We can. Let's I read get it. Okay. We can Let's do another, another story, story, and then I want to get into the Bigfoot tie-in, and then we can move on. Okay, so we've got a couple of fun ones here. Uh, John, this one's kind of fun. I think you should read it, if you don't mind, in a voice, if you would. So this story comes from Phantoms and Monsters. It's one I've come across. It feels like You know, when you read this story sometimes, and I don't want to like cast aspersions on this, the fellow who sent this in. um, But, you know, sometimes it's just written like this guy kind of has this sort of, uh, you know, air about himself, like he's taking care of business kind of thing. You know what I mean?
0: Like a tough guy?
1: Yeah. What story is this? This story is called The Patroller, and you'll see why I titled it that. But this is originally from Fams and Monsters. We'll have it linked in the
0: show notes. I live in a very rural stretch of western Washington state. Here's my story. It began in late July when I was forced to make semi-regular patrols around the property on which I live. It's heavily wooded, very hilly, and wet with a creek and swamp at the bottom. When I was made aware of local drug addicts attempting incursions upon the property. As most of you likely know, drug addicts have a natural tendency towards violence, especially the breed we have in my neck of the woods. I began carrying a rifle as I made my patrols because as the old adage goes, better safe than sorry. Very quickly I found their tracks at the bottom of the hill. And I even managed to claim a gas can as a kind of war trophy. That led me to believe they may be aiming to perform illegal logging on the property, which intensified my patrols. Soon after I ran into a rather unsettling shape in the forest. I was on another patrol. Standard. Routine procedure when I passed an ancient cedar tree. I had been past it a million times, but I suddenly felt as though I should take a seat underneath it and rest a while. I sat under the tree's boughs and set my rifle and day pack at my side. I sat in the silence and stillness for a while, taking in all the sounds the woods have to offer. I almost felt as though I had entered the same state of zen I had the year previously, kneeling beside a natural spring after a heavy rain. All was well, the world was fine and everything would be okay. I felt wonderful. I opened my eyes and rolled my head to my right to look out into a grove of alder trees. Glancing upwards, I saw a humanoid shape. It was roughly fifteen feet up in the air and had the distinct shape of a human head, neck and shoulders, but no discernible bottom. It seemed to just fade away. The only way I can describe it is similar to the Predator films, in which the titular creature uses a cloaking device. It was very, very similar to the device. At its edges, it seemed reality was embossed in that shape. I sat and stared at it for probably three to five seconds before an overwhelming feeling of dread and anxiety overtook me. I should add that I'm very tough to genuinely scare. I've been through a great many nasty situations that don't bear mentioning, and suffice to say, this shook me to my very core. I was almost petrified, scared out of my mind of what would happen if I dare move. I finally mustered the strength to remove my glasses and wipe them on my shirt, and redawning them, I could see the shape was still there. The dread grew. intensity tenfold every few seconds and my naturally calm naturally awesome mind took hold again (laughs) my naturally calm rational mind took hold again i began counting down in my head five four three two one when i reach zero i thrust an arm under my rucksack shoulder strap grab my rifle, and sprinted it home, saying a quick prayer as I ran. I haven't encountered it since, but believe me, there's more to this story.
1: So he goes on to describe, and he includes pictures, and I'll, I'll link this in the show oh, notes. Does he but, take a picture of the gasoline can he found? This war trophy? So he finds things on his property where a hole that was dug, where he supposedly saw the creature that he thinks the creature oh, yeah, dug I'm it, in like part. an L shape. I mean, nothing that really proves anything. It's just kind of, I mean, it's a... Interesting story. I love the way that he writes. I it's, want to know what <laughs> what drug addicts are also legally logging, illegally logging. Yeah, well, you can still <laughs> well, some go timber. Hand you know, in hand. that's true. Some areas you're not stealing copper wire, you're stealing timber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Those are like the rugged drug drug addicts, <laughs> yeah. the ones that like really work hard for their money. Yeah,
1: I like how he was like, as most of you know, <laughs>
0: most drug addicts are yeah, extremely his, violent.
1: His, his writing style is interesting. It does it just reminds me of like an old school. I don't know, like a wilderness Men's journal. Slash Marine who is patrolling his own home and land. And Interesting, where man. was this? Uh, Washington State. Washington. And that's one of the reasons I included it is because that's this is Western I, Washington. I, I feel
0: like there would be some definitely invisible creatures up there. That's where I'd put them for sure. A big
1: hunk of them come from the Pacific Northwest. That, and that's that's one of the reasons I include this story, other than it's kind of entertaining. But in this area, Western Washington State, that's where a lot of the striking number of these counts come from. So are they experiencing the same thing? Or are these the same kind of tests? And the thing about the trees, these things live in the trees or that's where they that's spend where, a lot of time up there it's thing like. too like if it is human it seems to be very natural for them to to reside or hide in treetops that seems like a very common thing where people witness them so i don't know if it's a different kind of thing uh, if there are human type secret technology going on experience but then maybe there's a separate thing that's in the trees that is more uh mammalian you know yeah. animal. Well do you want if I jump in real quick cuz it ties right into what you're talking sure. about with that sound in the trees. So this comes from um the book I had mentioned earlier where the footsteps end and we'll have that linked in the show notes. And this comes from the section invisibility disappearing and cloaking in regards to the Bigfoot phenomenon. The entire notion of invisible Bigfoot presents a logical puzzle. How can something unseen shuffling through the forest be declared Bigfoot if it is invisible? So this is going to go into, obviously, the Bigfoot theory when it comes to the sort of these cloaking entities in the woods. Um, They go on to sort of connect common Bigfoot traits with these encounters and link it. But he continues on and says, Crunching leaves are quiet compared to how witnesses typically describe the sound of invisible entities in the forest. Common comparisons are made to trains, herds of horses, or heavy machinery. In one account, Kentucky fishermen trying to bring their boat ashore were frightened away multiple times by thrashing, crashing, and breaking in the forest. Quote, like a herd of elephants, which reminds me of that Duncan oh, yeah. story. Just that story. invisible commotion going on, the shaking in the branches oh, that sounded yeah. like it was either one giant, massive, invisible creature or a many, you know, medium-sized apes or something. Right. Yeah. Um, it continues... Witnesses report sounds like a bulldozer crashing through the forest, crushing and smashing trees in a straight line until suddenly it stops. And then there is nothing. No further sound. It's so funny. It's, it sounds just like that smoke monster and Lost. Do you hear the sound of something coming? Right. And, sorry. That's fiction. That, but it's yes. fiction, but there's always, there's always touchstones <laughs> right. in fiction. Sorry. Um, so no further sound, wrote Franzoni. Quote, those who are brave or insane enough to investigate the place where the sound stop will find nothing. One especially vexing encounter occurred on September 3rd, 2015, in rural Maine. David Chase and three friends were on the rim of a gully when they observed several limbs moving as though apes were brachiating
0: upon them. It was the killer apes. The gorilla.
1: <laughs> the galillas. City of Zinj. Zinj. But again, that same thing. And in Chase's own words, quote, the largest one I estimated to be the size of a small gorilla or a big chimpanzee, maybe a couple hundred pounds. We couldn't see them. We couldn't hear any sounds like breathing or vocalization. We didn't smell any odors associated with them. It's like they were there and not there at the same time. We only knew them from the movements they were making. Their weight on the branches was very physical. They would jump down from above or jump from one area a few feet to the right or left and the branches would react accordingly. There were smaller ones whose apparent size and movements reminded me of a small monkey's shaking the branches. An image of a marmoset is what my brain came up with when I saw this movement. Okay, yeah, so that's a Bigfoot book, but I don't think those are big feet. Right, again, They're like- Bigfoots. The, there's a lot of elements that don't quite subscribe to, right. like the smell, like you would think you would smell exactly. that typical thing. But it's interesting because David Polites has a quote, missing four and one. And you know, this is right in the missing four and one spectrum. Invisible things- In the woods. Explain a lot- Um, so Blighty says, in many sightings reports I have read and personally investigated, it is fairly common for people to claim that Bigfoot sometimes completely disappears. Some claim that they are following tracks and they suddenly stop or they see the creature start tracking it again. And then it is gone. There are countless examples of Bigfoot explicitly disappearing in front of witnesses own very eyes. Um, John, you just read these three quick little schnapps here.
0: According to the July 16, 1918 Seattle Times, mountain devils attacked a prospector's cabin near Mount St. Helens, Washington. The devils were said to be members of a local race, intermediate between men and animals, with magical powers and the ability to make themselves invisible. In 1926, a group of teens near Kolomenskoye, Russia, happened upon a tall, hairy creature stealing apples from an orchard. As they approached the beast, it vanished into thin air. Larry Abbott and two others were investigating... Should I have split these out to like let people know that they're separate stories? Um, you don't have to, but... Okay. This is the third one. Larry Abbott and two others were investigating a sound outside their Point Isabel, Ohio farmhouse in 1968 when they spotted a ten-foot-tall, four-foot-wide, beige-hairy creature with glowing eyes. Larry claimed the monster put them in a momentary trance, after which a rifle was fetched. They shot the creature three times before it was enveloped in a white mist and disappeared. Authority and
1: fog. Okay, so the initial story that David Politis brought to light, uh, at this least in right one here. of his books, that's my next spot. Oh, you're gonna talk about yeah, that? Yeah, That's actually right here. Okay, yeah. So it connects to Ohio again. Yeah, Ohio. There, there's so many of these accounts in Ohio, which is cool. Because it was fascinating have. when our friend sent that story in with his account. That it was, you know, he lives nearby in Ohio, and it's the same giant invisible creature, and he knows nothing about this stuff. He's never seen right or heard any David Politis stories or you know anything about it. It's just weird. Yeah. It's kind of corroboration. Gosh darn it. And it's all over the world. Uh, I like this one, and this is one i like to look into in the future uh, because it is a very large sighting as far as like a lot of people being there to witness. On August 11th, 1979, several students in Lume Parak, Malaysia, encountered a trio of 10-foot-tall hairy figures with red eyes. They allegedly blinked out of existence, and ensuing panic caused a temporary school closure. This happened at a school. I always love the school stories. Weird. It's weird when This cause school closures, like that Australian UFO side. Exactly. There's so many UFO things. And again, UFOs tied to Bigfoot, tied to cloaking now. Um, and the, Jared, this is going to tie right into the the Maccabee account that you mentioned earlier, which is something we discussed on our show before. And this is where it gets into directly relating to what we're talking about today as far as like the glimmer, mm-hmm. the cloaking, the um, the clicking sounds. Um So they continue. In addition to fully disappearing, witnesses report Bigfoot cloaking, taking on a not quite invisible appearance, uh, pixelating the surrounding environment, which is a word that should sound familiar looking into this stuff. This is frequently compared to the visual effects used in the 1987 science fiction action film Predator. You're one ugly motherfucker. Here are some examples. In 1972, in Indiana, a series of events, soon to become infamous, begin with a chicken massacre at Roachdale Farm. A large ape-like creature is spotted for two weeks thereafter, but never leaves tracks, is never heard running through bushes, and sometimes appears as though, quote, you could see through it. Other anomalies include UFOs and poltergeist activity. And I think you have a Skinwalker Ranch story up next, which relates yeah. to that. Um, In 1995, Washington. A strange, quote, out-of-focus creature appears to Evan Canouse near Vancouver. He vaguely discerns a red-orange, orangutan-like figure with a black face standing over six feet tall. Canuse uneasily departs in his car. 2000, Oregon. Cousins see a hulking, hairy, stinking, quote, Neanderthal in the Coast Range Mountains, which vanished before them. The creature begins shimmering like, quote, heat rising from the ground. Oh yeah, I hear that a lot. familiar? In, quote, blurry, wavy lines before fully disappearing. And this is the last account, the one that kind of set this whole thing off, I think. 2010, Ohio. Jan McAbee, wife of optical physicist and ufologist Bruce McAbee, is bow hunting when the woods suddenly become deathly silent. Disconcerted, Maccabee becomes, quote, aware that a weird visual effect is moving from right to left across her vision, perhaps 15 to 20 feet away. She describes the shape, quote, as if looking through saran wrap. Maccabee rubs her eyes and, still perceiving the apparition, snaps a photo in its direction. The resulting image shows a strange shimmer, as well as, quote, a collection of elongated reflections from a filamentary surface, such as one might find in a photo of hair according to Bruce. Perhaps significantly, an entire marching band observed a UFO during rehearsal that very same evening, mere miles away. That should sound familiar because we covered that on the Missing right, 41 1 right. episode. And they kind of sum it up by saying, these abilities may be neither natural nor supernatural, but rather technological. Some evidence suggests, this is, I think, kind of funny, Bigfoot may utilize advanced machinery to disappear, an idea inevitably connecting sightings to UFO lore. As addressed in chapter six, Bigfoot are sometimes spotted wearing glowing belts or belts with buttons, leading some researchers to wonder if these are not simple clothing, but rather technology. Like your ring, Jer. Bigfoot are also seen with small boxes, which might also play a role in cloaking. In 1900, a wild man in Pennsylvania was seen carrying, quote, a curious package in his hand. I've heard that. And butting his head against trees. When pursued, he disappeared, quote, like magic. Perhaps given Moorhead's observation of Bigfoot phasing into trees, this wild man's technology was malfunctioning. During a series of cattle mutilations and UFO sightings in Montana in 1976, a teenager spotted two Bigfoot crossing a field, one of which carried an object, quote, about the size of a bale of hay. When the larger of the two handed the object to its partner and began walking towards the witnesses, he ran downstairs to alert his family. The creatures had disappeared but left behind three-toed footprints. These solutions are cryptozoological research tests. Flesh and bone advocates favor infrasound and mimicry. Metaphysically-minded researchers sympathize with the notion Bigfoot is a ghost. Armchair quantum theorists and ufologists occupy the center. So I I thought it was interesting to bring that sort of research into this. You can't really talk about the cloaking in the woods without bringing in some of those radical Bigfoot stories. Now you've introduced this whole other dangerous idea of the trans-dimensional belted Bigfoot <laughs> <Right. laughs> that transmutes through trees, mm-hmm. which is weird because I want to do a Missing 4 in one episode on the the fairy angle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where there are stories like that where there'll be people going into the woods, disappearing, but there's blood found on the trees, almost like they've been pushed through the trees, like it's some sort of like transient point. Yeah. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff, man. I mean, who knows, but I, intriguing, I yeah. think. There, I mean, I think that there's a number of things that, could explain this and you know, none of it normal (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) And again, not a one thing, not a one phenomenon. I don't think. Right, right. All right. So there's one last story I want to do. This one's kind of funny actually. Uh, John, you have for reading one more. It's called Skinwalker Ranch, hippie attack. What I titled Uh it. This comes from, uh, the book by Colm, a Kelleher and George Knapp titled hunt for the skinwalker. we covered this in our skinwalker episode. Right. But this story, I don't think we have. Uh, it's pretty great. So the, the setup here is that, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch, is a property located approximately 512 acres southeast of Ballard, Utah, uh, and it's reputed to be the site of paranormal and UFO-related activities, as, as we've covered in the past. In June 1996, a man showed up at the ranch, telling the rancher that he had heard about the paranormal activities on the property, and he insisted that he wanted to meditate on the property, as he would.
0: The three of them piled into Tom's diesel truck and headed down into the ranch, after about a mile, the stranger announced that he would like to meditate here, near a small pasture surrounded by trees. This is perfect, man. The stranger walked into the middle of the open ground, about a 100 yards from the tree line. Tom walked with him a short distance and then stood watching. He glanced back at his still-grinning son, who had elected to stay by the truck. Tom was about 30 yards from the stranger, who had closed his eyes and in a faintly religious gesture, had spread both his arms out. Tom was amused. Silence reigned, and the late afternoon sun cast a beautiful light on the scene, this tall blond man standing silently in the middle of the pasture, with his eyes closed and his arms raised, much like the pose struck by saints and angels in religious paintings. In the distance, Tom heard the sudden chime of a cowbell. He was puzzled. None of his animals had cowbells. The sound seemed to be coming from deep within the trees. There it was again, nearer this time. The stranger seemed not to have heard it. Tad made a gesture of puzzlement. Tom looked at the trees and thought he could see a faint blur. Something was moving very quickly between the trees. Tom could not make out the shape, but he knew it was big. Was that the source of the cowbell sound? He watched carefully as the shape moved like a fast blur from tree to tree. It was almost as if it was circling. Tom felt uneasy. Without warning, something broke from the tree line and moved swiftly toward the meditating man. Tom blinked. He still couldn't see what it was even though it was broad daylight. It was blurred as if it was hidden in the middle of heat distortion, and it was covering ground at an enormous speed. Gorman realized that this chimera was making a beeline for the blissful meditator, who was completely unaware of what was rapidly bearing down on him. Tom was about to yell a warning, but it was too late. The shimmering, wraith-like huge thing had stopped just inches from the meditator as it let out a deep-throated animal roar that echoed around the ranch. sounded half like a bear, half like a lion. Tom froze. The stranger leaped back about ten feet and fell down. He began screaming. As fast as it had approached, the shimmering, almost invisible creature departed for the tree line at top speed. Tom's sharp eyes could make out only a blur of dancing, flickering, wavy lines like pixelated blocks. Within seconds, the creature had vanished into the trees sometime later as tom and tad were watching the movie predator in which arnold schwarzenegger and jesse ventura battle an alien life form in a jungle in central america they let out a loud yell when they first saw the shimmering creature that's what we what we saw they yelled in unison to the astonished family the predator in the movie seemed to actually encapsulate the degree of camouflage of what they had seen tom calculated that the thing they saw was moving at between 50 and 60 miles per hour when it broke what? cover from the trees. 50 to 60 that's miles insane. per hour, yeah. And
1: for a humanoid thing?
0: Like raptor speed. That's like, yeah, like that's like leopard speed. And
1: raptor. But for two legs. We don't know animals.
0: That's That'd fast. be terrifying.
1: Well, we don't know how many legs it had. We never saw it. Oh, that's true. That's true. I guess it could have been a cloaked it just monster, it was massive four-legged it monster. It sounded like a combination of a bear and a lion. Oh man. Yeah, Skinwalker Ranch, what a cool thing. And if you guys ever you guys want to hear our episode and you haven't on Skinwalker Ranch, that was a lot of fun. Very fascinating. And that was um season one, episode thirteen. Okay. Check it out. Oh, an early one. Yeah, that's an early, yeah. early um, bird. It's an old school belief hole there. Yeah, I, I love that story. I just love
0: imagining yeah, like there's the a cool visuals in that one.
1: A picture a combination of uh, David Wilcock and Stephen Greer going out there to meditate in this cornfield, and just like <laughs> this beast just runs at him. That's, that's funny. That's pretty fun. I, I, uh, I dropped off at the end of that. Where's the? Um, was the hippie okay? He was eaten. Oh, really? He was ex- eaten. <laughs> excreted into a man-sized church. He was
0: eaten. He was bitten. He was eaten. <laughs> Esteban was eaten. Esteban was bitten. Eaten. Is he dead? Yes, the
1: boy would eat. He was swallowed whole. No! Jude! Jack is getting monitor! Philip Murray. <laughs> so good. Life aquatic. Recommendation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's fine. You he just knocked him over. Oh, okay. Well okay. there are some attacks apparently with this thing. I have but I haven't found any yet that have actually hurt anyone. And again, obviously but then not, would you know? Obviously not all the same thing. Some of these are giant sorts of things in the forest. Some of these are bipedal, right? A it could be the same technology or a similar, similar kind of function, right? right. Uh, I, weirdly, I, weirdly, I've I've seen a lot of people post on these stories and stuff. Like, uh, I believe this is what's behind all of missing four and one, which that doesn't really make sense to me. This would ex- I could see it explaining some stuff, but unless they're taking it somewhere into mm-hmm. another world, like the fairy idea, right? Yeah. The fae folk transportation, that kind of thing, uh, you'd find bodies, you know, you'd right. if these things could kill it or, or kill, you know, take someone away, but they're still just there unless there's some other place that they're going. Right. You know? Um, but more needs to be explored on the story. Um, so as far as the, uh, possible technologies, like kind of one of the things I wanted to, to wrap up with here is the technology that we have now, um, for cloaking. Pretty incredible. And we're going to link a and video. this is just like you said earlier, John, this is just what they're showing us. You know, imagine what they actually have if yeah. you believe that there is, like we do, advanced technology that they're obviously not going to share with everybody as soon as they get it. They being, you know, covert high groups, level government, right, military
0: organizations. Well,
1: and the idea of cloaking in ufology, like UFO sightings, it's been around forever. Like there's so many examples of that. Why it does it, to me, it doesn't seem that much of a stretch to apply that to something smaller, something that's moving that might be alive. Right. Again, is it? Extraterrestrial? Is it interdimensional? Is it cryptid-related? Is it just mankind's dark projects? You know that are ahead of the curve. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a video? I do. Yeah, I got a video here, guys. It's really short. It's just one example. Chrissy, I know you have a couple examples. This is just one quick example of a fella down in. It's a Canadian camouflage company called Hyper Stealth Biotechnology, and I think the CEO actually developed this guy Kramer, um, primarily for military purposes. Uh, to conceal agents and equipment such as tanks and jets in the field, Um, as well as making objects close to invisible to the naked eye. The material also conceals them from infrared and ultraviolet imagers. Unlike traditional camouflage materials, which are limited to specific conditions such as forests, deserts, According to Kramer, this invisibility cloak works in any environment or season at any time of day. Awesome, I want so here's, it. So this will be in the show notes, guys. Yeah, uh, if you want to follow along, go to beliefful.com and click on the latest episode, and you'll see it linked in the show notes. You can watch it. Sorry together. we
0: can't implant the video in your brain. You'll have to actually go and watch it. Just click right.
1: the link uh, in this. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the link in the video description, or if you're on a podcast, click the link. It'll take you to our episode page where you can get all the show notes, this included. Okie dokie. So here we go-ki.
0: Ready? Three, two, one, zero. Hyper Stealth. Hyper Stealth.
1: So this is the CEO talking here. When he starts talking. I'm Guy Kramer, president and CEO of Hyper Stealth
0: Biotechnology Corporation. And in 2010, I figured out invisibility. The quantum so stealth happy is that a pattern-pending out <laughs> light-bending material that works by bending the light so
1: that only the background is visible, and a target such as a person is removed from view when behind this material. Pretty astounding. Boom boom. That's it. Yep. That the, for that one. Yeah. Just that was just a really quick example. Um, obviously, if you're wearing a
0: suit, I mean, that's yeah. I guess it's not very impressive unless because I mean, it's just a all all you see is like a sheet there thing.
1: Yeah. All you see is him going behind this. You know, she. If you were looking at it, you didn't know that it was a invisibility demonstration. You're like, "Oh, there's like a semi opaque piece of plastic."
0: Right. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily know that. I mean, you know what I mean? mean, Like, but that's what it looks like to your brain. Not really. I mean, like I've seen glass that looks like that.
1: Let's explain to the listeners who can't see the video. That's true. Those of you who can't see, essentially, the CEO or the the creator walks behind this piece of. material, like a sheet, essentially, that you can mostly see through. It's a little yeah. blurry. Like foggy you, glass, kind like of. foggy glass, and when he walks through, he pretty much completely disappears. Maybe a, a, there's a slight color,
0: maybe a shade. It would have been more impressive if there was, like, because it's just a white wall. If it had, like, some sort of, like, identifying...
1: Oh, you didn't see the wall? It, it's, it has patterns on the wall. There's yeah, like there's green and, and, and squares. wood trim. There's trim and squares and stuff. I didn't see that. Like the wood border oh, and the yeah. paint. Okay. Like, that's all really there, Behind it. You still see like a
0: shadowy type you Kind thing. of
1: see a slight... You could see how at a distance you would... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this to me doesn't explain what we're seeing, obviously. It doesn't match the description Yeah, to it's me.
0: definitely... It, it's pretty cool. It's not... I think it'd be way more impressive if it was like on him or something. Well, that's the thing. It's still cool, though.
1: Right. For the purposes of this, you could just hold up a blanket and be like, hey, you can't see me. I'm behind this blanket. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, because it's not... It doesn't seem functional in the sense that like you can't move around with it. Of course, you. yeah, you could put this in the field, put it in front of a tank... And you wouldn't wouldn't see the tank. And I think it's also invisible to infrared and other technology. So I get the military application for it. It would just be kind of like blurry
0: in that You'd spot. you have to see it in context with something more than this. Right.
1: Not a sad creator of it in a yeah. hotel. If you guys are interested, there is, John, what you're talking about, an actual invisible cloak. Uh, Play that fell from China. You got that one? It's the top link there. Now, some of this technology from this link, we're second link we'll have in the show notes. Uh, what is the title of it, Chris? You 2 it's right under the heading advanced real invisibility cloak yeah and the coolest one I think the guy they explain who he is at the end he's some Chinese general or something that claimed to invent an invisible cloak and it looks astoundingly incredible if it is real it looks pretty real like if it's a visual effect it's definitely professionally done the argument is like he hasn't proved that it exists but also they haven't disproved that he has it since it's China yeah, it's kind of like absence of evidence is yeah, an evidence of cool. absence I mean that's that is an invisibility cloak if it's real
0: yeah, if that's real, that's amazing. And
1: we'll have this in, linked in the show notes for sure. You guys can check this out. You think out. it's real? I don't know. It, it's it's his word. There's not really a way to prove or disprove. Uh, no one's proven conclusively that it's a visual effect. I mean, it, it looks. It's very well done. If it's an because it's hard that kind of sheet movement. It definitely could be professionally done. That second one's real. Definitely
0: should check that out,
1: though. I, yeah, that'll be in the show notes, guys, called Real Invisibility Cloak. It's got a bunch of different ones in this video, but we'll timestamp it so it's at the point where we're talking right. about it. I'll also have some uh, articles linked that break down the different sorts of cloaking technology we're working towards and the different techniques they're using to get there. Because, again, it's you know healthy competition. So you got all these different people, and they're trying to come up with invisibility in different ways. Right. And, of course, we already have it. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, for
0: commercial purposes. Right. And what is the world going to look like in 10 years? It'll be invisible. I mean, just it'll think about invisible. all the other technologies, like deep fakes. And, oh, yeah. Like, it'll be so far advanced at that point. Like, I just can't even imagine it's where just, we're going to be in 10 it years. It just
1: feels like it's going to get to a point where it just stops and Yeah, resets. it just
0: feels like, yeah, like, it feels like at some point in the near future, we're not going to be able to go any further. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But Take
1: it back to Plato. Maybe we'll just be like Atlantis. We'll get too big for our britches. And yeah, I you- feel
0: like right now we're yeah. Tower of Babel, sort of about to get knocked down. We're getting close, but like something's gonna come know, and just you know, knock it's, it's us all down. It's unfortunate
1: because we we talk about this a lot, but the advancement of technology is incredible. But we never stop to look at the progress and right. go, well, "Should we slow down? Should we figure this out should before we, just we
0: do it?" Get our bearings. Right. right now, we are struggling as a human race to just exist. Exist because we're so. I feel like social media and the internet is breaking us. Psychologically. And regular media. And no one's stopping. News. No adults are like, we need to just take five years to just integrate everything we've done. Let our children integrate, assimilate before we just continue down this nonstop AI track yeah, t- into technology oblivion. Technology
1: seems to have a get out of jail free card when it comes to right. looking at it before moving forward. We prioritize technological growth over spiritual over and mental everything. growth. Yeah, You know, like psychological, psychological protection. Yeah, like we just, we don't do it in a balanced way. Because Even health. It's just not the way our society is designed. I don't think
0: we're able to process it this fast.
1: Oh, of course Terrence
0: not. Terrence McKenna. Yeah, time wave zero. Infinite novelty.
1: Exactly, and there's so much coming at us all the time. There's right. no way for us, We you know, can't be expected to know how an iPhone works or how, right. you know, like really understand the implications
0: of all this stuff. We're just kind of using it. It's fracturing us as a species right now. It's like creating like a schizophrenic population because of social media well, right now. It definitely
1: now. feels that way. And it's not just, I mean, it's media too. Yeah,
0: like it's obviously. all, it's just so like intense and in our faces and in our fingertips. Yeah. Like 24 hours a day. Most people are, I'm not saying everyone. There are some balanced people like us. <laughs> like <laughs> but, us. But there's a lot of people all that you guys are listening? very, very unable to deal with the intensity of it and are having meltdowns right now. They just, they're yeah. too far down a rabbit hole and they yeah. just can't deal with too reality. Too invested. I've
1: got a lot invested in this ride. Look <laughs> at my furrows of worry, my big bank <laughs> accounts. Right. <laughs> oh, Bill Hicks. Yeah. The ability to put things down. It just like, I don't listen to nearly as many podcasts these days, mostly because we do one. And after editing, editing and yeah. researching, I'm just, I get, I do still listen to like my favorite ones, but I used to listen to podcasts all day long. And now, like, I just want to drive through a backcountry road and roll the window down and just get a little bit of peace. And then I realized like I'm having thoughts. I'm having spontaneous last
0: for about eight minutes. Right. Minute. Until I get
1: lonely and put on a podcast <laughs> or a song. You don't want to think you're your like, own thoughts.
0: You're like, God <laughs> Are you there? What you am, am I? <laughs>
1: We used to talk all the time. But uh, it's important <laughs> to consider, like, where we're headed. Is there a way to transition? I mean, at least as an individual, because obviously... Yeah, we
0: can't do it on a collective level at this point anymore. You got to take your sanity in your own hands. Yeah. So you go out
1: in the woods, you take a breath, you turn off your phone. Put and on your, your
0: invisibility cloak. Yes,
1: watch out for the <laughs> invisible... <laughs> Don't keep yourself out too much. Invisible stuff. monsters out there. Keep, keep an eye out. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to, you know, be respectful in the woods and... Uh, Have reverence. Yeah. Respect and appreciation for all that is around you. That's true.
0: We have a stinger, right, John? We do. Jeremiah Ralphs. Right. Oh, Jeremiah. And uh, there's a part in the song about having two daughters, and I took it as that he's raising them right now, but that may not be true. They may be grown. I don't know. But in the song, it's like, it's geared towards Well, he
1: raised them at some point. Could be a flashback.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of sentimental. It turned out to be more emotive. (laughs)
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: So... Let's right. just hear it. Let's there see.
1: let Just throw in some fireworks at the end.
0: Jeremiah Ralphs, he's a hardworking man. <laughs> he's raising up two daughters the best he can. Oh. He loves the paranormal and conspiracy. <laughs> And he loves the outdoors where he knows he's meant to be. Amen. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah, 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 Jeremiah Jeremiah, He's somebody that counts. Jeremiah, <laughs> Jeremiah, well Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Rouse. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Believe
1: a shout. nice man <laughs> he is somebody that counts
0: He is somebody that's that great It's a
1: great line thank you Jeremiah bright lights uh, action, yeah of. I like that man that was good thank you Jeremiah
0: yeah thanks and I hope that you are raising your daughters if not you did a good job I'm sure
1: yes when, when you did raise them yes yeah so thanks to all our new patrons yes
0: uh, thank you guys so much you definitely keep the whole moving forward we everything we make right now just goes back into growing the show
1: yeah keeping it going so thank you guys yeah, sign up and you get exclusive full episodes on our expansion. What's this one going to be about? This one's going to be fun. So on our way back from Texas, Jeremy and I swung through New Orleans. The big easy. And we were there for a couple days, just couldn't leave because it was so mysterious. crazy awesome. And mysterious. So I why not do, I've been wanting to do stuff on Marie Laveau, and uh there's some famously haunted houses in that area just all kinds of lore you got the Rougarou, so we thought we'd just do a fun expansion episode where we just get into all kinds of new orleans madness the dark magical lore behind the city of new orleans the big cool. easy it's a lot of cool stuff there
0: so head over to beliefhold.com and click the patreon button amen and uh sign up yeah all right so here is our patrons uh from september i believe i guess the end of august through september Riley Ray, thank you. Ashley Marcoux, I believe. Mm-hmm. Claudia Kentu. Yay. Quentin Turk. Dustin. Jeremy Littleton. Oh, yeah. Faith Hildinger. Hmm. Darren Thompson.
1: Okay, my turn. Yeah. Uh, thank you, too. Charles Balzotti. Patrick Michael Jordan. What an awesome name. Megan Clayton. Megan. Tyler. Tyler Gregory Fletcher. Fletcher. Oh, Have you ever seen Fletcher? Meet Fletcher. Oh yeah. JJ Swift. Fast. It's fast. Very quick. <laughs> M. McMullen. What? What? Brittany. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, thank you to Kevin Grindstaff. Grindstaff.
0: Uh, what the a house. name! Is
1: that a wizard? Give name? me that name. I it's want great. that name. Uh, Ada M. McGee. Mr. McGee. Mrs. McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Miss. Miss Mickey. We don't know. She's <laughs> get married. That's true. Charles Alden. Charles. Goodbye.
0: Hey, Michael Hendricks. <laughs> Errol. Errol. I'm sure he gets it all the time. Is this the guy from Silicon Valley. I'm sure he doesn't. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: finally, Hannah Whitwell. Thank you. Hannah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hannah. Hannah Thank Bandana. you guys so much for supporting us means a whole great deal to us, really us does. Going.
0: you guys are awesome you are super duper and
1: if you haven't found the uh, the ability or time to sign up as an expansion member yet feel free if you want to help out give us a review uh, share with your friends
0: share yeah definitely if you're on YouTube give it a thumbs up share it we're trying to we're going to start trying to grow that channel more so anything you can do to just pass the show along if you think someone might like it we really really appreciate spread that
1: spread the word yeah for sure guys alright well should we just
0: exit into the wilderness and let's, let's end. just end it let's just it's just sometimes it's just the end
1: you know you just vanish like a glimmer man
0: like steven seagal We gotta ruin it i do it do that again. time